Hello, everyone. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah, and I am your host of Killer Instinct. Before we get started, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly here on the podcast every Wednesday, and then again every Thursday on YouTube, and you are not going to want to miss it. Now, as you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are discussing the unsolved disappearance of five-year-old Summer Wells. Summer went missing in June of 2021, so this year, and Summer's case is going to leave us with a lot of unanswered questions. However, I think it's very important to talk about Summer's case. I cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say about it, and with that being said, let's jump right on into it today. Summer Wells is a five-year-old girl who went missing from Hawkins Country, Tennessee. Her parents are Dawn and Candace Wells, and Summer also has three brothers. Summer has blonde hair and blue eyes. She stands at about three feet tall and weighed about 40 pounds at the time of her disappearance. She was last seen wearing gray pants, a pink shirt, and was potentially barefoot at the time that she went missing. Now, this case starts on June 15th of 2021, and on this particular day, it started out very normal. It was a very average day for the Wells family. Dawn had woken up at about 6.30 is when his alarm went off. And that particular night, Summer had slept in the bed with both of her parents. So Don wakes up at 6.30. He looked over and saw Summer sleeping right next to him. According to Don, Summer sleeping in the bed was not anything abnormal. She is reportedly a huge daddy's girl, loved her dad, loved both of her parents, and would oftentimes sleep in the bed with them. So by 7 a.m., Don had left to go to work. And at 7.30, that is when Summer's mother, Candace, also woke up because she had to take her mother to the hospital. Candace's mom was going to the hospital for just a routine appointment. And so Candace got up at 7.30 to prepare herself and prepare her mother and get all of the kids ready for the day. So Candace got the car packed, her mom was in the car, and Summer was also in the car. And Candace decided that she was going to let the three boys stay at home while they went off to run these errands. The boys were a little bit older and Candace knew that they would be fine on their own. So that is why she let them stay. Now, they arrived at the hospital around 10 a.m., and Candace's mom was the only one who went inside the hospital, so Candace and Summer waited in the car. And while they were waiting in the car, Candace got a phone call from a family friend of hers named Hunter. Now, Hunter is a 15-year-old boy, and Hunter's mother, as well as Candace, used to be very close friends. Now, Hunter's mom and Candace did have a falling out. There was a lot of drama involved. It involved a CPS. It was a very dramatic situation. And so because of that, Hunter's mom and Candace no longer were friends. But during the time that they were friends, Candace kind of took Hunter under her wing a little bit. She said that he's like another son to her and the two of them have a very close relationship. Now, there has been a lot of questions regarding Candace's relationship 
relationship with Hunter, considering it is a little bizarre that she has grown this separate relationship or friendship or whatever it is with Hunter, considering the fact that he is only 15 years old. However, both Hunter and Candace are very adamant on the fact that it is strictly platonic and they are just very good family friends. Now, when Hunter called Candace, he asked what she was doing and Candace told him that they were at the hospital. Hunter then asked if Candace and Summer wanted to come over to his house and hang out there for a little bit. That way they wouldn't have to wait in the car in the parking lot of the hospital. And Candace told Hunter that she would come over if his mom was okay with it. Again, Candace and Hunter's mom had a very tension-filled relationship. So Hunter did ask his mom, who told him that it was okay if Candace and Summer came over, but she didn't want it to be for very long. So Hunter relayed this information over to Candace and Candace and Summer then went over to Hunter's house. Now at around 11 a.m., Candace's mother called Candace to let her know that her appointment was finished. And that is when Hunter had asked Candace if it was okay if he kind of just tagged along with them for the rest of the day and tagged along with all the errands that they had to finish. Candace again told Hunter that he would need to ask his mom as well if that was okay. So Hunter went to his mom and Hunter's mom said it was fine as long as he came back. So Hunter was then able to go off with Candace and Summer and Candace's mother and spend the day with them. Now, according to Candace, they first stopped off at a smoke shop to pick up a couple packs of cigarettes, and then they went to a vape store, and after the vape store is when they went to a Walgreens to fill her mom's prescription. Now, while waiting for the prescription, they ended up going to Warrior Park, which is essentially a small lake, and the kids, Summer and Hunter, went into the water while Candace and her mom were watching them. Then at around 1.30 p.m., they had to go back to Walgreens to pick up the prescription. They then went to Sonic, which is a drive-through food restaurant. And after that is when Candace went to the grocery store and ran in quickly to pick up some staples for the week. After that, it was about 2.30 p.m., and that is when they drove Hunter back home to drop him off. And according to Hunter, when he got dropped off at home, he said summer was completely fine. There was nothing off. There was nothing concerning, but little did he know that that would be the last time that he would see Summer. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's instant alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. There was actually a video taken of Summer in the back seat of the car on this particular drive home back to her house after dropping off Hunter. Now, Summer's grandmother was the one who took the video, and it was just of Summer sleeping in the back seat. And they took the video because, according to them, they thought the way she was sleeping was funny. She had her arm up on something, and so they wanted to capture the moment. So that is why they took that video. However, once they got home, Candace said that she woke Summer up and Summer 
jolted up and ran inside and the boys and her helped Candace with bringing the groceries. And after that is when Summer started planting flowers with her mother and her grandmother. So they were all planting flowers in the yard together. And Summer's grandmother, her name is also Candace, which is why I'm referring to her as just the grandmother in the effort to just not be confusing. But Summer's grandmother also lived on the property with Candace and all of her kids and Dawn. And we're going to get into the layout of this house in a moment. However, she lived basically 50 feet away from the actual house and she lived in a camper. So she had her camper that was right next to the house. Now at around 5.30 p.m., Summer decided to go inside. She was done planting flowers and everything that I'm telling you now and basically everything that I've told you up until this point is all based off of the account of Candace. This is what Candace said happened. So Summer ran into the house and when she ran into the house, she basically walked directly into the kitchen slash living room area and Candace's three boys were sitting in the kitchen and they were watching TV at the time. When Candace saw that Summer was walking in the house, she basically kind of hollered to her boys and told them to keep an eye on Summer, which they agreed to do. Now, here's where things get a little confusing and a little tricky because according to Candace, there was only a two to five minute time period between telling the boys to watch Summer and basically Summer going missing, which is what happens next, which we're going to get to. But in that two to five minute time period window, According to Candace, she had gone over to her mother's camper to help her adjust her knee brace. Candace's mom was wearing a knee brace at the time, and so she went over to help her adjust it, which she said took all of two minutes. And again, Candace would have been outside of the house to fix the knee brace. And after adjusting the knee brace, Candace then told her mom that she needed to go back inside with the kids, and that is what she said she did. So she walks back inside into the living room and notices that Summer isn't there. It's just the three boys watching TV. According to Candace, she then asked the boys where Summer was. And according to the boys, they told their mom that Summer had gone downstairs, which is where her room is, to play with her toys. Now, normally, if Candace was upstairs and Summer was downstairs, Candace would call out to Summer and Summer would run up the stairs. So that is exactly what she did. However, this time, Summer never answered. So Candace was upstairs and she was yelling Summer's name. However, Summer never responded. Responded. And that is when Candace then went downstairs to check on Summer for herself. So to just discuss the basement level of this house, the basement is where the master bedroom was. So it's where Dawn and Candace slept as well as Summer's room. And there's only two ways to get to the basement. The first way is it's basically a crawl space is the best way that I can describe it from watching videos of it. In the living room on the main floor of the house, you have this table and underneath the table is basically a ladder that sends you down to the basement. So that is the first way to get downstairs. And the second way to get access to that basement is through the basement door. There is a basement door that leads into the backyard of the house. So those are the only two ways that you can get access to that level, which is where Summer was at. Now, Candace goes downstairs and realizes very quickly that Summer is not 
there. Candace says she kind of started scrambling around. She was looking underneath blankets and pillows, seeing if she was hiding. Candace then walked out the basement door and walked into the backyard to see if Summer had gone out that way because Summer did have a swing in the backyard that sometimes she would access through that door if she was down there at the time. So Candace walked out through the back door but didn't see Summer there either. Once she got outside, she again started yelling Summer's name, calling out for her, however, didn't receive an answer. And that is when she got very worried. And the first thing that she did is she called her husband, Don. So Candace calls Don, who was at work at the time, and told him that she cannot find Summer. And the first thing that Don tells her to do is to call 911. So that's when Candace hangs up the phone with Don and immediately calls 911 to report her daughter missing. Now, according to Candace, she did not want to waste any time waiting for the police to get there. So she continued to look for Summer herself during the time that she was waiting for them to arrive. So Candace got her three boys and told them to go search for Summer. Candace was also out searching for Summer. She got into her car and was driving around the property trying to look for her. However, she could not find her anywhere. Now here's where I kind of want to take a moment and talk about the layout of this house for a moment because it's very important to this case to understand the house that the Wells live at. So this is an 11 acre property. So it's a very large property. And the family also had about 13 dogs on the property. We're talking rural Tennessee, 11 acres. And according to Candace, the reason that she had so many dogs is because people were just dropping them off at her house, which I don't know how accurate that is. I'm, it sounds a little bizarre to me, but at the same time, when you do have that much land, you are able to house a lot of different animals. And so she had about 13 dogs on the property. And a lot of this property is wooded areas or terrain, very dense trees. And then on the other side of that is a main road that a lot of cars do drive by. But again, even though a lot of cars do drive by that main road, the wooded area that was surrounding the house was not only so large because it was an 11 acre property, but the wooded area itself was very dense and there was no way you were going to be able to see through the wooded area to look at the house because also the house itself was on a hill. So not only was this house on a hill, it was surrounded by dense wooded areas. So unless you knew the house was there, you wouldn't know the house was there, if that makes sense. And I do want to take a second to just mention something because I've seen a lot of comments about this in looking through this case and researching, and I think it's really important to mention because a lot of people have criticized the way that the Wells live and say that the living conditions are not cut out for four children to be living there. And I do have to agree to a certain extent that the living conditions that it seemed that Summer and these boys boys are living in were not the best. That does not equate to these parents harming their child, which seems like an obvious statement to make. However, I've seen a lot of comments kind of linking the two together. And while I'm not saying they did or they didn't do it, all I'm saying is that the two aren't necessarily always connected. So here's where I want to take a moment and step back and talk about Summer's 
parents because in order to understand the depth of this case and look at all of the possibilities, we have to talk about Don and Candace Wells because both of their backgrounds I think are very telling and it's just important to look at in the terms of leaving no stone left unturned. And obviously in any case, no matter if it's a homicide investigation or a missing persons investigation, you always look at the people closest to the victims, whether that's a boyfriend, a girlfriend, parents, whoever. And in this case, the closest people to Summer are her parents. And a lot of people, because of that, have turned to them and are really putting the spotlight on them. And they've been under a lot of fire and speculation. And honestly, I do believe it's rightfully so. Considering this entire story, it really doesn't make a lot of sense, but we're gonna get into all of that. So let's start with Don Wells, Summer's father. So Don grew up mainly being raised by his biological father, who is also named Don. You're gonna notice that there's a lot of repeat names in this, so I'm going to try and keep it as least confusing as possible. However, Don's biological father was Don Sr., and Don's biological mother is said to have suffered from substance abuse issues, and she remarried a man who allegedly had a very bad relationship with Don Jr., who is Summer's father. So Summer's father and his stepfather had a really bad relationship, and Don also had two biological sisters, and growing up, Don's father was looking for a babysitter to babysit the kids while he was off at work. And so he ended up meeting a woman who was able to watch his kids. And this woman had six kids herself. But regardless of any of that, Don Sr. and this babysitter started dating and they ultimately got married. So they completely blended their family and now had nine kids together in total. Now, one of the younger kids was Don's stepsister, and she was five years old at the time that Don was 11 years old. And before we move any further, I want to put a very big sexual assault warning on this because it is about to get pretty graphic. Now, when Don was 11 years old and his stepsister was five, Don would allegedly trick his younger sister into playing these games, as he liked to call it, and the games were basically just sexually assaulting her. Now, by the time the young girl was about six or seven years old and Don was about 13, he started sneaking in to his sister's room at night and he would threaten his sister and tell her that if she ever told anyone that he would die and their entire family would die. So that was his scare tactic to get her to not tell anyone. And when another one of Don's stepsisters was 13 years old, so now we're talking a completely different stepsister. She recalls a time where her parents were out of town for a few days, so it was only the kids at the house, and Don had a couple friends over, and Don and his friends were all getting drunk, and then proceeded to chase Don's stepsister around the house and rip her clothes off. Now, this stepsister ultimately did end up going and filing a police report against Don. However, Don's father came in and basically saved his ass and made the sister go into the police station and remove her claim, saying that it was a misunderstanding and a mistake and all of that. Now, when Don was about 16 years old, he ended up going to prison for two 
years. And the night that he got out and went back home, he immediately started sexually assaulting his stepsisters again. And when that happened, his stepsister ran into her parents' room and told them everything that had happened. And Don, at this point, basically booked it. He ran out of the house. And while the girl's mother, so Don's stepmother, wanted to file charges against him, Don's father basically saved him again and threatened his wife by saying that if she pressed charges against his son, that he would divorce her. So that was his scare tactic. And unfortunately, it worked because they did not end up pressing charges against Don. Now, a couple years later, Don ended up meeting a woman named Pamela. And now when I'm talking about Don, I mean Summer's father. So Summer's father met Pamela and they met in, for a lack of a better word, basically a meth house. And the two of them hit it off and had two children together. Now, their two children were a boy and a girl, and one was also named Don, so we're going to call him Don the Third, and they also had a daughter, Margie. And it was said that the living conditions that these kids lived in were absolutely horrific. Don's sister remembers times where she would make excuses to have to go over there just so she would be able to bathe the kids and put them into clean clothes because neither Don nor Pamela would ever do that. And it actually gets worse because it is actually alleged that Don tried to sell his son, Don the Third, for drugs. You heard me right, unfortunately. When Don's son was only a couple years old, he brought him out onto the streets and tried to sell him for drugs. Now, after Summer went missing and a lot of Don's past started to surface again, he ended up being asked about the sexual assault of his stepsister. And what he had to say about it is truly sickening. Now, according to Don, he said that the relationship that he had with his five-year-old stepsister was consensual. Now, when it comes to the interviews that Don has done, because Don and Candace have both been very loud in the media. They're talking to a lot of different news outlets. They're doing a lot of different interviews. And through that, Don has made some pretty strange statements. Don has been asked before if he believes that the person who took his daughter should be put into prison. And to that, he says that it's in God's hands and that he wouldn't wish prison upon anyone. Now, I think that there's a couple ways that you could look at that. However, in my opinion, from someone who doesn't even have children, I can only imagine what I would want to have happened to someone who would ever try and hurt my child. That's just, that's all I'm saying. I think it's a little strange that he doesn't want that. And another thing that people have pointed out is that Don always tends to refer to his daughter in the past tense. And that's obviously very concerning because a lot of people believe that the only reason that you would be talking about your daughter in the past tense is if you knew she was already dead. So with all of that being said, that is Don. Now let's move on to Summer's mother, Candace. And again, similar to Dawn, Candace does tend to refer to Summer in the past tense as well. She says things like Summer was such a blessing to their family and that she was what made our world go round. You could look at it two ways. You could look at it as it's just a simple mistake and it's how they talk and however, or you can look at it as they're talking about her in the past tense because they know that she's not coming back. Now, Candace grew up in Wisconsin and joined a carnival staff when she was around 19 years old 
old. And so because of that, she traveled to different states while working for this carnival. And while she was working for this carnival, she ended up meeting an older man. And when I say older, I mean that this man was 42 years old. Again, Candace was 19. Regardless, the two of them hit it off completely and they ended up having two children together. And the names of their children were Andrew and Candace. So you had husband and wife, Andrew and Candace, and then two children, Andrew and Candace. Now, when Andrew and Candace, the children were really young, I'm talking about two years old and six months old, CPS actually ended up taking the kids away from her. And the reason for it was abuse and neglect. Candace's son was allegedly beaten so terribly that he now suffers lifelong disabilities because of it. Now, Candace also has a sister named Rose. And on August 21st, 2009, Rose actually went missing. She went missing from Cushing, Wisconsin, and Rose was allegedly going to a bar from a friend's house, and on the way there, she just vanished. So now you have Candace's sister who's gone missing, as well as her daughter. The likelihood that anyone in your family goes missing is a slim chance, but to have two people in your family vanish is almost unheard of. And to this day, Rose has never been found. Now, shortly after Rose went missing, Candace met Don, which is Summer's father, and they met in Arkansas. As I said earlier, Candace and Don have four children together, and Candace and Don have not always had the best relationship. Don has been arrested multiple times for assault and domestic violence against Candace. However, she has always dropped all the charges against him. Now, there was something very, very bizarre that I think we need to talk about that Candace did in early September of this year. Now, while Summer has been missing for almost three months at this point, Candace called Don's stepsister one day, hysterically, hysterically crying. She was crying on the phone to Don's stepsister saying that Don had been arrested. And on this phone call, she's hyperventilating, she's crying, she's freaking out. And this call went on for a couple minutes before ultimately Candace hung up the phone. Now, what we know about this call now and what Candace's stepsister learned very shortly after this phone call is that that phone call about Don getting arrested was a complete and total lie. Don never got arrested. So why on earth did Candace make this phone call? Well, according to Don and Candace, this was just a prank call. Now, again, I don't have children and I never would ever dream this scenario or what's happening to Summer on my worst enemy. However, what I do think is bizarre is the fact well, a couple things are bizarre about this. First off, Candace has shown nowhere near the same amount of emotion over losing Summer and not knowing where Summer is and this entire terrible situation that's happening than she did on that phone call. That prank call, we have never heard Candace be more upset than in that moment. And you could say it's acting, it was a prank call. She was obviously trying to make it convincing, so she's going to be over upset. However, it is bizarre. The second part that is very bizarre about this is that why are you doing this in general? Your daughter is missing, she's been missing for three months, and you have the time or the mental capacity or the idea 
to make a prank call. Even if your child wasn't missing, this is a bizarre thing to do. Now with that all being said, I do wanna talk about some of the inconsistencies that have also played a part in this case. And this brings us back to Hunter, the 15 year old boy. And according to Hunter, he has said that during the time that he was running errands with Candace and Summer and the grandmother that day, Candace received a phone call from Don. And according to Don, he said that there has been a man that was reportedly seen on their property for about a week leading up to the day that Summer went missing and was apparently stalking their kids. Now, a couple things that don't make sense about this is the first one being, how would Don have known that there was a man on the property if he was at work like he says he was? The second bizarre thing about this phone call is that Candace said it never happened. Candace has been adamant on the fact that she doesn't know why Hunter's saying this and that this phone call never existed. Could she be saying this because the phone call never existed? Yes. Could she be saying this because she wants to cover up the fact that Don was not at work? Also, yes. It is a very bizarre thing for Hunter to make up. I don't know why he would make something up like that. But then again, it's very weird to say that that never happened. It's very, it's very bizarre. I don't, I'm not sure about the phone call situation. But I also want to take a moment now to talk about Summer's hair, which has been a very large focal point of this case and a lot of people are talking about it and if you're listening to me on the podcast you won't be able to see the pictures that i'm posting and the pictures show that a lot of times and in a lot of photos summer has a buzz cut sometimes she has longer blonde hair and then other photos she has a completely shaven head now there's been a lot of inconsistencies from candace as to why summer shaved her head at first candace said that summer wanted to be like her brothers because that's what her brother's hair looks like and she wanted to be like them. Then Candace said that it wasn't the brothers that she was trying to be like, and actually it was Candace herself. But a lot of people are speculating that neither are the case. And the reason that Summer actually had to shave her head is due to the fact that she could have gotten head lice. Now, obviously we don't know this to be a fact, but this is what a lot of people are saying. And it's made a lot of people believe and kind of tie on to the idea that Summer could have been neglected. Now, Summer's parents did a Dr. Phil interview and in this Dr. Phil interview, they had Don and Candace sit down with interrogators who had previously worked in the FBI and with the military and that are body language experts. Now, these interrogators sat down with Candace and basically asked her to recount the day that Summer went missing and Candace refused to do so. She actually got very visibly upset. She started crying and she walked out of the interview. She said that it was too hard for her to walk through all of it again and she didn't want to do it. So that was her reasoning for not wanting to talk about it. And she has been criticized a lot for that interview because a lot of people don't like the fact that she has said that walking through the day that Summer went missing is too hard for her because at the end of the day, the goal is to find Summer. And if that means walking through the day again, then a lot of people think that she should just do it. Now, something we also need to discuss is the fact that Summer's three brothers have now also been removed from the home by CPS. And this ended up happening about six weeks after Summer disappeared. Now, 
there's several reasons for this, according to Don. And one of those is that he had a episode, is what he called it. He had been reading what people had been saying online about their family, and it caused him to spiral. And he drank too much and ended up having an episode. Now, I'm not quite sure what an episode entails, but he said that was part of it. And the other reasoning is because, according to him, he has made public claims that his house is not safe because after Summer's disappearance, people started showing up to their house. And that is also why CPS felt the need to remove the three boys because they didn't think it was a safe environment for them to be in if random strangers were just showing up. Now, before we get into theories, I do want to point out the fact that both Don and Candace have passed lie detector tests. And I've seen also that the grandmother has as well. So all of them have passed lie detector tests about knowing what happened to Summer and Summer's whereabouts. Now, I think that that's important to note. And also it's equally as important to note the disclaimer that we always have to give on lie detector tests is that they're not admissible in court. So just take that for what you will. Now, something else to note is that shortly after Summer's disappearance, Summer's grandmother that lived on the property basically just up and left. She completely left and she moved to a different state. And a lot of people think the timing is very ironic considering the fact that Summer goes missing and then you're just gonna up and leave. It makes people question if she is running from something. So with that being said, let's jump into theories because there are quite a few of them. And the first kind of theory that we are going to talk about that's going to branch off into different theories is the fact that Candace and Dawn are responsible, whether it's Candace, whether it's Dawn, whether it's both. But let's talk about the branches of that theory because I've seen a lot of interesting theories out there based off of this. I have seen people say that it's possible that Summer could have gotten in to some pills or medication or perhaps drugs that she wasn't supposed to. Candace and Dawn are very experienced when it comes to drugs, and so it wouldn't surprise me if they had some laying around the house and Summer accidentally got into it and she could have overdosed, or if it was pills or medication. Along with that, I've seen people question the possibility that maybe Summer could have been left in the car sleeping rather than being woken up by Candace, like she said, when they arrived home that day. And maybe she got left in the car, maybe she overheated, and maybe she passed away in the car. The thing about that theory is that Summer is five years old and she wasn't in any type of car seat or any restraint in the car, so she would have been able to open the door had she gotten too hot. I've also seen theories that said that Summer could have drowned earlier in the water that day when her and Hunter went to the lake. And what I also have to say about that is that Hunter has cooperated that he last saw her when she was being dropped off at the house, and I don't believe that he necessarily has any reason to lie. There's also a theory that Summer could have been injured on her swing. As I mentioned earlier, Summer had a swing in her front yard. It was tied to a tree. It's possible that maybe she hit the tree and hit her head really hard. It was said that she liked to spin the rope of the swing really, really tight and then let it go so she would spin around really fast and maybe it's possible the rope got her neck. There's countless possibilities there. Now, the other separate theory in this is that Summer was abducted. And I do want to say that with this theory, authorities have announced that there is no evidence that this was an abduction. They've come forward and said that we have no evidence that this is an abduction. However, with the abduction theory, if we're going to look into it, someone would have had to have been waiting in those woods for the perfect 
time. And that's why I believe if this was an abduction, it had to have been someone that knew Summer was going to be there. This could not have been someone who randomly passed this house that you can't even see from the main road and decided to take a stab at it and see if a kid was there with no parental supervision. Also, like I said, there were 13 dogs on that property. Those dogs are going to bark if a stranger walks onto the property or if anyone for that matter walks onto the property. There's 13 of them. One of them is bound to bark. I believe that the only way Summer would have walked off without making any noise is if it was with someone that she knew and trusted. Now, the reason the abduction theory is so hard to wrap your head around is because, again, you can't see this house from the road. This isn't a house on a busy street that is easily seen and visible by the public and someone drove by, saw Summer in the front yard by herself, and grabbed her. It's quite the opposite. This is a house that you don't know exists unless you know it's there. Now, my personal opinion on this case is I don't believe that Summer was abducted. However, I also don't believe that this was premeditated. I don't believe that her parents set out to hurt her intentionally. I believe that something happened that led to Summer being injured very badly, and now they're trying to cover it up by saying that she is missing. That is my personal belief on this case, just because of all the little inconsistencies. However, if she was abducted, I believe that it was by someone that she knew and someone that's close to the family. It's possible that it's someone that wants revenge on the family. But those are my theories. Those are my thoughts. That is the Summer Wells case, and I cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. All right, you guys, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. Again, if you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah, and I am the host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly here every Wednesday on the podcast and every Thursday on YouTube. I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you guys. And until then, stay safe. Bye, guys. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.